Section 22 of Sketches of the Fair Sex in All Parts of the World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Sketches of the Fair Sex in All Parts of the World by Anonymous. Luxurious Dress of the Grecian Ladies. As the Greeks emerged from the barbarity of the heroic ages, among other articles of culture, they began to bestow more attention on the convenience and elegance of dress. At Athens, the ladies commonly employed the whole morning in dressing themselves in a decent and becoming manner. The toilet consisted in paints and washes of such a nature as to cleanse and beautify the skin, and they took great care to clean their teeth, an article too much neglected. Some also blackened their eyebrows, and if necessary, supplied the deficiency of the vermilion on their lips, by a paint said to have been exceedingly beautiful. At this time, the women in the Greek islands made much use of a paint which they called Sulama, which imparts a beautiful redness to the cheeks, and gives the skin a remarkable gloss. Possibly this may be the same with that made use of in the times we are considering. But however this be, some of the Greek ladies, at present, gild their faces all over on the day of their marriage, and consider this coating as an irresistible charm. And in the island of Skios, the dress does not a little resemble that of ancient Sparta for they go with their bosoms uncovered and with gowns which only reach to the calf of their leg in order to show their fine garters which are commonly red ribbons curiously embroidered but to return to ancient greece the ladies spent likewise a part of their time in composing head-dresses and though we have reason to suppose that they were not then so preposterously fantastic as those presently composed by a parisian milliner yet they were probably objects of no small industry and attention especially as we find that they then dyed their hair perfumed it with the most costly essences and by the means of hot irons disposed of it in curls as fancy or fashion directed their clothes were made of stuff so extremely light and fine as to show their shapes without offending against the rules of decency at sparta the case was widely different we shall not describe the dress of the women it is sufficient to say that it has been loudly complained of by almost every ancient author who has treated on the subject grecian courtship in the earlier periods of the history of the greeks their love if we may call it so was only the animal appetite impetuous and unrestrained by either cultivation of manners or precepts of morality and almost every opportunity which fell in their way prompted them to satisfy the appetite by force and to revenge the obstruction of it by murder when they became a more civilized people, they shone much more illustriously in arts and in arms than in delicacy of sentiment and elegance of manners. Hence we shall find that their method of making love was more directed to compel the fair sex to a compliance with their wishes by charms and filters than to win them by the nameless assiduities and good offices of a lover. As the two sexes in Greece had but little communication with each other, and a lover was seldom favored with an opportunity of telling his passion to his mistress. He used to discover it by inscribing her name on the walls of his house, on the bark of the tree of a public walk, or leaves of his books. It was customary for him also to deck the door of the house where his fair one lived with garlands and flowers, to make libations of wine before it, and to sprinkle the entrance with the same liquor, in the manner that was practiced at the temple of Cupid garlands were of great use among the greeks in love affairs when a man untied his garland it was a declaration of his having been subdued by that passion and when a woman composed a garland it was a tacit confession of the same thing and though we are not informed of it we may presume that both sexes had methods of discovering by these garlands not only that they were in love but the object also upon whom it was directed 
Such were the common methods of discovering the passion of love. The methods of prosecuting it were still more extraordinary and less reconcilable to civilization and to good principles. When a love affair did not prosper in the hands of a Grecian, he did not endeavor to become more engaging in his manners and person. He did not lavish his fortune in presents or become more obliging and assiduous in his addresses, but immediately had recourse to incantations and philters, in composing and dispensing of which the women of Thessaly were reckoned the most famous, and drove a traffic in them of no considerable advantage. These potions were given by the women to the men, as well as by the men to the women, and were generally so violent in their operations as for some time to deprive the person who took them of sense, and not uncommonly of life. Their composition was a variety of herbs of the most strong and virulent nature, which we shall not mention, but herbs were not the only things they relied on for their purpose. They called in the productions of the animal and mineral kingdoms to their assistance. When these failed, they roasted an image of wax before the fire, representing the object of their love, and as this became warm, they flattered themselves that the person represented by it would be proportionally warmed with love. When a lover could obtain anything belonging to his mistress, he imagined it of singular advantage, and deposited it in the earth beneath the threshold of her door. Besides these, they had a variety of other methods equally ridiculous and unavailing, and of which it would be trifling to give a minute detail. We shall, therefore, just take notice as we go along that such of either sex as believe themselves forced into love by the power of filters and charms commonly had recourse to the same methods to disengage themselves and break the power of these enchantments, which they supposed operated involuntarily on their inclinations. And thus the old women of Greece, like the lawyers of modern times, were employed to defeat the schemes and operations of each other, and like them too, it is presumable, laughed in their sleeves while they hugged the gains that arose from vulgar credulity. End of section 22